Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac Wayne heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play, and boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured, it was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. The judge. Yes. You know, the judge finds against you. So it's always thank you, Your Honor. Thank you for deciding against me. Thank you for being a jerk. It's just thank you. And the judge, and the, I was used to be before the surrogate, which is New York City is, is a big deal. That's the guy, well, in our case, is a woman. And uh, she decided, oh, New York City, you had some pretty healthy estates. You had some people, I didn't have them, but some, some, some people were dying with, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, billions of dollars in Manhattan. And so I, um, I but I, I was fortunate enough to get into a firm that, that uh, did this type of work, and then I, I got into another firm, and um, I did most of my, the reason I got into this firm, uh, the, the second firm, is because I needed someone who was a Jersey attorney as well as a New York attorney. Because what they did is they had a lot of, a lot of clients in New Jersey. So that what they would do is they would get this uh, New Jersey attorney, and he would want a part of the fee. And they didn't want to split the fee, because all he would do would be just go to probate the will in New Jersey, and that would be it. But he'd want a, you know, a good percentage of it. So I said, we, we want to cut out this middleman and get maybe this guy, Gould, he's, you know, he lives in New Jersey. He's admitted, so we'll get him to to, to do the work uh, in New Jersey, and that was all. Awesome. So they kept all the money as far as um, legal fees go. But that was, uh, you know, it has nothing to do with the book. But that was what yeah. happened after, after, after I got out of the the, the army, and uh, I was, uh, oh, I was I was in the estate business for for about thirty years after that. But uh, it was uh, I, I, I went to the interview the army um, after law school. I didn't like law school very much. I tell that in the army, and I just kept on going in it because I figured that everybody kept on saying, "You'll you'll love it." After all, you know, go through with it. It'll 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 stand you in good stead in, after you're you're out in the business world. So I, I stayed in Virginia for for three years. And I got my degree, and I passed the bar exams. And um, I still wasn't too crazy about the law, as I said, particularly the litigation part. But I got into the field that, that, I, that I liked and that I was pretty good in. Um, and, um, of course, the things have changed around so much uh, since, since I, I, I first got into the estate planning field. And uh, then I, I wanted to, you know, the, the, the estate planning field started waning because of the uh, the big exemptions that you had. I mean, th- these days, if a couple has $11 million, they don't have to pay any tax. It's a lot, it's a lot of money. You know, when I was, uh, you know, a, a young kid, I was uh, just practicing. You had an exemption of, say, $600,000. Some people had some money, but they didn't have $11 million. So uh, I... Uh, uh, but um, I, I, I managed to get into that, and it was it was it was good. It was it was uh, rather than going to court, 
sitting around doing a crossword puzzles for two hours and waiting for the judge to, to, to say, okay, the case of Jones versus, in the matter of Jones, the will of probate, the will of Jones, would uh, the um, the attorneys for the contestants and the uh, proponents of the will please step forward? You'd go in and you'd give your spiel for maybe five minutes and the other guy for five minutes, and that was it. So you'd be sitting around for... For, for two hours, and you had to travel to court. You you, you could blow four hours for for, for from a basically ten minutes work. So I did, that's why I didn't like uh, I didn't like the the court end of it uh, of, 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 of the law too much. But um, and you know it, it was um, uh, the good thing about the army is that you know you knew that what what it was you knew how we had what you had to do and. Um, even though I had an easy job, it was uh, um, you could uh, sort of allot your time, and um, so, some of the guys were, were, were working 14, 16-hour days. I was lucky; I had a three or four-hour day. And uh, the uh, the basic rule, I guess, in life is not to make waves, because the general in charge of the, of of, our, of the whole uh, intelligence unit. Um, was satisfied with me. They didn't want to. They didn't want to change it too much, because like, I think you know you start making waves, you start to change things around. And even though this guy Wolves, he's only working say three, four hours a day, things aren't going bad. So why change something if it's not broken? So I just stayed there for uh, you know for my for my it wasn't quite two years, I think about twenty months, and. Um, so I, I got a, you know, uh, you know, I managed to get even a medal out of it. I, I wasn't well, there that's, the that that is that is uh, pretty entertaining. Tell us about that. Yeah, they they said uh, well, they they couldn't give me, uh, you know, a combat medal because I wasn't in combat. But there are two medals that they they can give to non-combat officers or non-combat soldiers. One is the, is the Legion of Merit, which is like the Congressional Medal of Honor. for, for. And the, the other is a, uh, the Army Commendation Medal, which is second. And that's sort of like a silver star for non-combatants. And uh, I got that, and I, I read the presentation. They invited me down there, but uh, I, I was in New York then, and, and, and I was busy, and I, I couldn't do it. And uh, I read the presentation. Boy, you'd think that I was... General Eisenhower, because I had extremely outstanding military service and a credit to the Army and outstanding oral briefing abilities. And so I was, I was pretty proud of myself. I said, boy, I, I, must, I, was, I was pretty good. <laughs> I, I, I thought that it was anyway. And this was signed by the Secretary of the Army and countersigned by the, the head of Army Intelligence. So I, I did a pretty good job, but at at the but what I had to do, I had to, I did a good job. And um, as, as I look back, um, uh, I, I I think that those are probably a couple of the best years that I had. The beginning was terrible. The beginning was just, you know, as I said, basic training where you had to get up at five o'clock in the morning, and you had to run around and and you had to shoot at targets. And things like obstacle courses, things like that. But um, that uh, everybody had to do that, so it wasn't as though they were picking on me. And so everybody, that every officer, they didn't want to, they didn't want any guys going into the 
service, you know, not even at least looking like a soldier. So I had my, uh, um, what was it, 10 weeks or so uh, that uh, I, I, I spent down in Columbus, Georgia, and um, I had, to, you know, we had to go through with it, and then, and and there was another part I mentioned that there was this was this was in the late sixties, nineteen sixty eight. Segregation wasn't quite dead in the South yet, so I, I told a story about what's going. Uh, three of us went out. One was a black guy, and myself, another probably went into a club, and um, again, this is a long time ago, so. Uh, he was about to go in, the black guy's about to go in, and the doorman said, no, he can't come in. And uh, I was, whoa, <laughs> something wrong here. You know, haven't you heard of the Civil Rights Bill? And Anyway, this, uh, this doorman was built like, uh, you know, Pittsburgh Steeler. Uh, it was always, we turned around and left. But, uh, you know, we just, uh, just the, the, the traces... Of of, of of segregation was was still there, uh, and this was they, they switched around a little bit. Um, so so in, I'm watching the NCAA. You watch North Carolina and South Carolina. You know all the guys playing on the team and the basketball team are black guys, or 90 percent of them anyway. And you know they're being chaired on by these guys. You know uh, South Carolina and North Carolina. Uh, but then there was a little different story. The the, uh, the civil rights movement had just Taken root, and and uh, another uh, interesting part of the time when I was there, we had two big assassinations. The first one was a big, was the biggie. That was when Martin Luther King died, uh, was was killed, and then the second was when Bobby Kennedy was was killed. And uh, I mean, when when Kennedy was killed, I think it turned the whole world upside down, because I think he would have. The war, I, as far as I was concerned, I think it proved out to be a big mistake. It was a, 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 we shouldn't have been in there, and we we lost sixty thousand men and women, trillions of dollars, and now you walk into Walmart or, or Target, and you, you know Vietnam T-shirts all over the place. So we we spent all this money and. I hate to say we lost the war. We didn't win it. And uh, Vietnam fell, and uh, Kissinger predicted it fell. Everything was going to fall. Thailand was going to fall. Australia was going to fall. The Philippines, everything. It didn't turn out that way. And as it turns out, North Vietnam, I mean, it may not be, might not be a very nice country to live in, but they make very good T-shirts. And they... Um, um, uh, you know, they, they they turned out to be not an ally, but a big trading partner of ours. So, um, and uh, I I just don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I think we started the conversation before about the about the humor. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, involved, and now there's plenty of humor all over the place, and then there's a lot of humor all over the place. Now there's humor because. You know, uh, Trump's needs a guy to make fun of because, you know, um, I don't know. Late night shows just, just what 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 gets them going is the fact that he sends these tweets in opposition. That's like you know, throwing raw meat to the dog, because if you send a tweet out, 
you know, Jimmy Kimmel and uh, uh, Conan O'Brien and, and Steve Colbert are going to say, hey, we got a response. So this is a way to, to, to start the next show. So they'll, they'll be able to, to make a lot of humor out of uh, whatever Trump sends them. I, I think his aides probably said, well, hold off on it, you know. So, so you know, they're a little unfair, and they, they, they make making life miserable. But if, if, you, if you send these things to these guys, they've got to come back. And these guys are professional comedians. They're going to come back even harder against you. So... I think maybe his advisors are saying, "Look, you know, cool it down a little bit on on uh, you know, trying to respond and, and sending these tweets out to these um, uh, late night, you know, Saturday Night Live and uh, late night talk show comedians." But um, I, I don't know. I, I think that uh, um, one thing I, you, you do learn is that you have to laugh a lot. If you don't laugh. Things things are hard on a lot of people now with, with health care and, and uh, you know the, the fact that they don't have jobs. Some some guys, some poor guys in in particularly places like West Virginia and Kentucky, you know, they had good jobs. Say twenty, thirty years ago, they were making good jobs that could that could uh, support a family and uh, uh, they worked hard. But but uh, they they were. Um, the jobs just got replaced by by robots and and, and maybe people who could uh, uh, well not too much things like coal miners because she you really can't you know ship out the coal to the Chinese but a lot of jobs were, were replaced by um, uh, automation the internet jobs that they didn't have. They, 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 that they didn't have any use for anymore. There's something out new now called a car with no driver. I have no yes. idea. Yes, <laughs> this, you know, it, it, it. <laughs> Bob, it, I, I don't understand the world we live in anymore, sir. I just don't I mean, understand it, the world we live I, in. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen one. If I probably did, I'd crash. You know, you, and, you, and you you, earlier in the show, you, you, you're talking about Jackie Gleason and laughing and all this, and I'm like, those those are much simpler times as compared to this driverless car crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, uh, I, I, I don't know if I would... I'm still amazed at, at, at the internet. You know, <laughs> I can go to Google and I can pop yes. your name on the screen. I can find out just about every facet of your life. Who Pretty you much. What your wife's name is, what your kid's name is. And, and it, it sort of frightens me because if I could do it to, to you, you can, James Lowe, you could do it to me. And uh, I, I, it's sort of frightening in a, in a way, but it's uh, I guess the, the, the price we make, we pay for progress. Uh, yes, and, um, yes, you are I, correct. I, you know, I, I tell you, I was at a, 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 a. Now let's talk about the play of the week: the pressure to follow up hypnotic and cognac Wayne heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play, and boom! Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured, it was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. (laughs) 